0: Welcome to the podcast run by Commonwealth Magazine. I'm Sarah Betancourt. For 16 years, Suffolk County's Sheriff's Office has had a contract with U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement to place detained immigrants in beds at local facilities like the South Bay House of Correction. The arrangement has been the subject of protests by immigration advocates during the past few years of the Trump administration. But last week, the plug was pulled on that relationship. Today, we're welcoming Suffolk County Sheriff Steve Tompkins to talk about that decision. And we're also hoping to get into some other criminal justice topics later on the show. Welcome, Sheriff.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. So let's just jump right in since we have a short podcast. Uh, There are currently over 150 immigrant detainees at
1: South Bay. Currently, there are none Ah, at South Bay. They've all been shipped away.
0: Wow. Okay. So that was I'd read that off of some media reports last week, mm-hmm. um, but it appears that well, what incorrect. happened pretty
1: quickly is we let ICE know that we were going to end that 16-year relationship that you just referenced mm-hmm. because we want to utilize that space. And the Framingham facility for women is challenged. You know whether it's going to close or be renovated. You know we're not exactly sure, but some of the ladies are going to come out of that facility. And so I let uh, some of my fellow sheriffs know that we'd be interested in housing some of those ladies because we have pretty good gender-specific programming. And so Essex County, Norfolk, and Plymouth Mm -hmm. uh, have agreed to send their ladies our way.
0: And so how long was that decision in the works? And and I guess, how did you decide that? I know there's been a lot of protests with the ICE part of this. Um, Did that come into play at all as a factor?
1: No, it didn't. We found out about the Framingham facility, I want to say, either late spring or Mm. early summer. And that's when I began having conversations with um, the um, Secretary of Public Safety, the Commissioner of the DOC, Department of Corrections, and some of the fellow sheriffs, along with my personnel to see if, in fact, first of all, if we had a, a big influx of ladies, could we accommodate their needs, not just with space, but with programming. And when so. s-
0: do you say you found out about MCI Framingham? Can you elaborate a little bit about what you mean, what was going on at MCI
1: Framingham? The building is falling down. Okay. So they're going to do something to it. They're going to do renovations or they're going to – so let me put it to you this way. Last week I said I thought they were closing it down, mm-hmm. and then I was corrected on that, that they're not going to close it down, that ladies will still be there. Some of the lifers and long-term uh, inmates will still be there. So frankly – I don't know what they're going to do with the building but it's in it's 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 deteriorating let's put it that way. And so some of the ladies will come out and we're going to house
0: It was MCI framingham part of the discussion leading up to this cuz I don't know if they how it works in terms of financing but does this mean they get less money and your county for instance, gets more money in terms of being to house more women?
1: Well, we had we didn't have a discussion with MCI Framingham. We had a discussion with the commissioner of the Department of Corrections okay. and with the Secretary of Public Safety. And at that time, no, we didn't talk about money. So we'll see what happens with the next appropriation, you know, because at some point we probably will need more money, particularly for those ladies that have substance abuse issues, um, for the medication that they're going to need, mental health issues. But at this point... We didn't discuss money. We just discussed housing with these ladies.
0: And so when it comes to programming for the women that are going to be entering Suffolk, mm-hmm. um, I've noticed over the years the populations have gone down significantly. Now, can you talk a little bit about what that means in terms of just general population in uh, the House of Correction, does that mean less people are being arrested or are more people being sent to other counties and is there like a surplus? So the interesting thing
1: about that question is this. You have the jail, the Nashville Street Jail, where mm-hmm. you have your pretrial detainees and we, uh, we have many more than we could house there. That building is built for maybe 650, 675 individuals. So we're packed there at the jail and then we have another 100 or so at the House of Correction, and then we have another 100 or so scattered throughout the Commonwealth because we just don't have enough space for all of the pretrial folks. You know, Now, there are some people that will say that the count or the number of people going to jail is going down. Well, that's for the convicted population. Mm-hmm. That's not for the pretrial population. Uh, insofar as the convicted population, you've got more diversionary programs that are coming into play which is a good thing. The courts are moving cases through the system, for I'm told, a lot faster. I believe we still need more beds for mental health and substance abuse, though. We have far too many people that are in jail that really should be in a mental health facility or or a substance abuse facility, but because of the scarcity of beds there, if someone does something untoward, so to speak, to treat their illness and they get caught, they go to jail.
0: And so, let let me just be clear on this. In terms of budgeting and sort of the what you already have in place at South Bay, has there been a surplus of finances that you can redirect to reentry or or more substance substance abuse and mental health problems? And it, are you open to restructuring if if there are, is a surplus because so, of the numbers?
1: So let me be clear. The answer to that question is no. Okay, we do not have enough money to do what we need to do. My budget should come in. My budget comes in at around $116, 117000000 million. I get from the state maybe about $110 million. So, no, I don't have enough money. I don't. And so what do we have to do? We have to write grants. We have to beg. We always at the end, and it's not just the Suffolk County Sheriff's Department. It's all the sheriffs. We are on the July 1 to June 30 fiscal uh, fiscal budget. We all, all 14 sheriffs, run out of money somewhere in April, May. So then we have to go back to the legislators to ask for a supplemental appropriation to get through the end of the year. We get level funded to years past. So what are we going into FY20? I'll get level funded at FY17 numbers, 16 numbers. That's ridiculous. So now I don't have enough money, but here's the bigger, the bigger issue is this. We have far too many people that need some serious help some serious mental health uh, mental health attention, some serious substance abuse attention, some serious education. On average, my population has a fifth or sixth grade uh, reading and uh, mathematics uh, acumen. So we got to do something. And so I choose not to be one of those public advocates that's just going to go to work every day, sit there, collect my check every other week and go home. I'm doing this job because I want to make a difference. My staff wants to make a difference. So let me be clear again. We don't have enough money.
0: And so... If you were to ask for more money, and when you do um, for a supplemental budget, where do do you want to see that going? I mean, I guess when you're looking at money, there's a you know we need to use this money for a certain thing pot, and then there's the wish list. What are your main needs, and then what are the hopes that you have
1: in terms of? So by law, the employees have to get paid. Okay, They have to get paid. So if we don't have enough money, we need money to make sure that they get paid. Then following that, we need to pay our bills. Okay, And so we have water bills and electric bills and this bill and that bill. So we've got to pay those bills. And then we have programs. And so we need money for programs also. So that's what we do. You know, that's what we have to do with the money that comes in. So I would, if you've got some connections up at the state house, I'd appreciate you advocating <laughs> for us to get us some more money because we need it.
0: Has there been a problem keeping the lights on in the past no, years? No, or is it more? no, 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 no. Is no. it more programming?
1: No, 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 no. There's not a problem with keeping the lights on, the water on, and any of that sort of stuff. Those bills get paid, okay? So, um, but yeah, I would love more money for programming. You know, it would be great if we had more money to do more programs. But we don't. So what do we do? We partner with external agencies. We partner with other sheriff's program, uh, uh, departments. We partner with other law enforcement agencies to offer the type of programming that we need.
0: Now, in terms of more women coming to South Bay, do you see that as an opportunity to increase programming? And also, I guess, how does it work out financially to be able to house more people if you're already strained?
1: It's an opportunity to offer the programming that we have to a bigger population. That's what's important here. We're strained. So be it. It is what it is. As I mentioned a moment ago, I choose not to be one of these public advocates that's going to sit on my laurels. So at the end of this uh, fiscal budget, I will ask for more money. I will ask for more money, and hopefully they will give us more money. You know, I'll talk to the DOC. I'll talk to the legislators. I'll talk to the governor. I'll talk to anybody that will listen to me. But here's the deal. Um, I'm not going to let the absence of money right now get in the way of taking care of people. I was voted in by the uh, residents of Suffolk County to tend to their needs. And so when people ask me about ICE and do I have a problem with ICE, And was this a political decision? Mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with ICE. We've had a pretty good relationship for 16 years. But I was hired to do local work, not federal work. And the ICE population is a transient population. They're not staying here. The ladies that we're going to service, Mm -hmm. they either live in my county or they live in the Commonwealth. They're staying here. And the vast majority of them have kids have families, and we want them to go back home in a way, in a shape, better than when they arrived at our doorstep, if that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. So that's why I did it. So regardless of what people, your listeners or anybody else, thinks, if they think that this was a political thing, that I'm trying to make a statement about immigration and Trump and ICE, they're wrong. The statement that I'm trying to make is that we're in the life-saving business, whether we like it or not. And so that's what I choose to do, try to save lives. So
0: I do have a couple more questions about women in, in South Bay, but I, I do want to go back to what you had mentioned about mm-hmm. ICE. Um, mm-hmm. What was their reaction to your office when you made the decision? And I mean, I know they had talked to the Herald about what an awful decision this was, but what did you hear?
1: I heard the same thing that you heard, frankly. Okay. They weren't happy. But you know what? That's not my concern. My concern is the constituencies that I serve, the constituencies that I serve are residents of this state, of this commonwealth. To me, that's more important. So that's what I did. So, look, there's a lot of stuff that happens in government that I don't like either. But that, mean, that doesn't mean that people are going to stop doing it just because Steve Tompkins doesn't like it. Mm-hmm.
0: And so how many, I know you had mentioned there's no one left who, in terms of ICE detainees mm-hmm. at, at South Bay. Mm-hmm. And is that also Nashua as well, or were they always in they just were, South Bay? They were Bay? not South Bay. Um, how, how many were there when you made the decision? And I guess when they were being transitioned, was that something that your office had to sort of assess their cases, or was it ICE had assessed their cases? There again, on? I'm
1: glad you asked that question. There again, they were not, they're not under my jurisdiction. Those okay. detainees are federal. Right. Not county, local, state. So people have said to me, (laughs) can you let them go? Mm -hmm. No, I can't let them go because they're not under my jurisdiction. Can you then transfer them somewhere that's going to be close so that families and friends can visit with them? No, I cannot do that. There's nothing that I could do for the ICE detainees because they're federal. They weren't my detainees. So people have asked me, I was on a show recently and they said, so why did you let the ICE detainees or have them go versus low-level, nonviolent offenders? Right. Okay? Well, I don't have jurisdiction over that either because they've been remanded to us by the courts. So if their sentences are changed, that would have to be a court decision. All we could do basically is uh, if pe- when people take programs, they get what's called good time. And they right. can get up to 10 days a month off of their sentence. That's the best that I can do. So I can't move those folk out, but I could move the ICE detainees out. So that's what I did.
0: Now, I know the ACLU, for instance, had been like, oh, you know, this could be an opportunity for the sheriff's office or ICE to reassess these cases. Maybe they'll let some go. And then you had some of the immigration attorney advocates being like, oh, this is a difficult situation that we have to drive now to Bristol. This may affect the amount of, you know, legal services that a lot of these immigrants have. Is is that something that you took into consideration? That the fact that you, the fact that the contract existing, made it easier for families and attorneys to access, you know, the people who were imprisoned.
1: So let me answer that this way. Um, I feel for the families and friends of the people that they're going to have to travel further to see. My mother was an alcoholic. Okay, my mother suffered from depression. Her brother was a flagrant batterer and beat the heck out of his daughters, his son, and his wife. I see depression every day. I see substance abuse every day. I see mental health every day, every day. So when I look at the two, the distance that people are going to have to travel to see ICE detainees, opposed to people that are in this commonwealth that need the services that we provide, I chose that. Mm-hmm. That's my job. That's my battle. For the people that have issues because they have to travel further, well then let them talk to the ACLU and other groups to say first and foremost, maybe a lot of these people should have never been in jail. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's their part. I'm doing my part. They have to do their part. That's my piece of the puzzle. My piece of the puzzle is taking care of the constituencies that voted me in to tend to their needs. I don't mean to be brusque with you, but you know I'm frankly uh, taken aback by the fact that because I'm trying to help people, people have a problem with that. That's not. That's I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Really.
0: Do you find yourself caught between a rock and a hard place in a in a way, having to make these decisions? No, I don't. They're easier decisions.
1: Nothing that, nothing that we do in public safety is easy, but no, I don't, I don't feel caught be between a rock and a hard place because this job was not forced on me. I ran for the job, mm-hmm. okay? I wanted to do the job. And I, frankly, to tell you the God's honest truth, I actually enjoy doing the job because we get an opportunity to help people improve their station in life. We get an opportunity to really help people. And at the end of the day, that's the rent that I pay to be on the planet. That's how I see it. I do believe in that adage that we are brothers and sisters keepers. And so if I have the ability to help, I'm going to help.
0: And so let's talk about some of the people you want to help in the Commonwealth, specifically the women who are going to be in South Bay. So let me just clarify. Did you have women already
1: in South Bay? And how many? Yes, we did. We had somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 to 65, maybe a few more.
0: And what did the programming look like? And, and what did that population look like? Were they
1: lifers? Were they short-term pretrial? Okay. I'm a county. I'm a county sheriff. That means if your sentence is two and a half years or less, you go to a county facility. So I don't have any lifers. Okay. Um, if uh, on average, men are with us between twelve and fourteen months, ladies are with us between six and nine months. So they're relative short-termers. They're not with us a long time. Now, we have people in the Nashville Street Jail. That may be in that jail for a little bit longer because they're waiting their trial. Right. Uh, they're waiting for their case to go to trial, and sometimes that can take, particularly in the case of murder, arson, rape. That could take three years, maybe a little bit longer. But once you're convicted, and you come to us, you know, to the House of Corrections, it's a shorter period of time. The ladies, on average, are probably in their late twenties, early thirties. Some a little bit older. Uh, some have been what we call frequent flyers that have been in and out, Mm -hmm. in and out. A lot of them are there because of um, dealing with substances, illegal substances, domestic violence, um, OUIs, and that that sort of thing.
0: And so I know you have a peace unit for some of the younger men at South Bay, Mm -hmm. and it's been about, I think, 10 or 11 months that that's existed. First, I'd I'd like to know, like, how is that going? And second of all, would you consider a program like that for young women who are entering South Bay?
1: The program is actually doing phenomenally well. We patterned the program after two different programs. There's a program in Connecticut called the TRUE Program. In Connecticut, they don't have the separation that we do here. We have the Department of Correction for the state facilities, and then you have the county sheriffs. In Connecticut, it's all under one umbrella. And so they established the true unit to bring in about 45 guys and about, which they call mentees, uh, matched up with about, I think, five to eight uh, lifers, actually, called mentors. And they work with this population to say, look, I was where you're at now. I was there 10 years ago. Do you want to be me or do you want to get your act together? The recidivism rate. I don't know what it is in Connecticut, but in the Commonwealth, it's 46%, right. okay? So it's probably pretty high in Connecticut. The recidivism rate for the peace, I mean the true unit in Connecticut is 2%. Additionally, like we do, wow. they have rival gang members in the same unit, okay? Mm-hmm. In the, the majority of our population at the House Correction, we, rival gang members are not in the same unit because we don't want them fighting, okay? But in our peace unit, there are rival gang members. There's a whole different mindset there Mm-hmm. You know, for the younger guys, and they get the sense that we're really trying to help. On average, uh, the mean age is 19 years old, you know, and so this gives us a chance to work with this population because their brains are still malleable, mm-hmm. and so we can still work with them to kind of dissuade a life in criminality, as it were. The second piece is I had the opportunity to go over to Germany um, to see how they do what they do in corrections, and actually, that's what the true program in Connecticut was patterned after the program in Germany. In Europe, corrections is more rehabilitative. Right. In the States, it's more punitive. But the pendulum is now swinging towards rehabilitation in the States for a whole host of reasons. First of all, we incarcerate far too many black and brown and poor people. Okay? Of the thousand or so inmates that I have, 65% are black or Latino. Okay? That's in a commonwealth where that same demographic is 18%. You see, mm-hmm. so you can either lay that at the doorstep of a broken system, or racism, or both. You see, it doesn't make any sense to me. So what we're trying to do is be more rehabilitative. And also uh, in corrections, this country spends eighty billion dollars mm-hmm. annually on corrections. Ridiculous.
0: In terms of of the peace unit, what things have gone well, and what challenges have you faced or overcome that you would need to? take into account for a women's peace unit?
1: Well, I don't think the two things are comparable. Uh, the ladies have different issues than some mm-hmm. of the guys do. So we'd have to be accountable to the issues that they have. The population will probably be a little bit older in a peace unit for ladies. Um, the women have, I was going to say they have, more of the women have kids, but the guys also have kids. But the women are more concerned about their kids not coming to jail To see them because they don't want their kids to see them in jail, in a jumpsuit, living in a six by nine or whatever size our rooms are, living in a room that size. So they don't get as many visitations. And so there's probably more of a social psychological aspect with the ladies that we'll tend to than with the men. Uh, We haven't started a a peace program for the ladies yet because we just haven't had enough ladies. Now that we have this influx of ladies coming in, uh, we probably will. We have about 25 guys in the peace unit now. That's going to go up to 50 guys uh, at the top of 2020. So we're having, in answer to your question, we're having great success with that. In fact, one of the guys that was in the peace unit is now, I'm told, a student at Dean College studying psychology and on a full scholarship. Has
0: this impacted recidivism at all, or is it too early to tell? Too early. And so what are the measures of success that you have, like these stories about this young man in Dean College? Are there other stories that that really come across as, all right, we're setting the bar high and we're meeting it?
1: Well, we don't have data because we just started, but I will say this. The the reoccurrence of criminality, if that goes down, that's a good thing, and we expect that to happen. The nature of the crime, and all crime is bad, don't get me wrong, but um, uh, what do you call arson versus car stealing a car okay it's a little bit different you know and so the severity of the crime will also be an indicator to us if a person is coming back what brought you back and what is it that we need to do to make sure that you don't come back again once you get out who's allowed to
0: be in a peace unit
1: 18 to 25 year old
0: and are there any other factors like the the type of crime that was
1: committed um not especially
0: really wow it's
1: really built on age Okay. It's built on it's built on the maturation of the brain.
0: And so the programming, I'm assuming it, it I had read that it has to do with restorative justice. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that involves psychologists or what does it look like on we, the cell block?
1: We work with um, ROCA. I'm not sure if you're familiar yeah. with ROCA. Uh, ROCA is an agency. Well, they're in Boston now, but began in Chelsea. Mm-hmm. They're also in Baltimore and a couple of other cities now. And they come in and they do a lot of the restorative justice, the healing circles where guys, sit around and they talk about what actually got them in trouble and why they're in jail. And so I'm a big fan of restorative justice.
0: And so if you had like a wish list for the women, I know you said their needs are different, mm-hmm. some of them. I'm not sure if anyone would come in who's pregnant, for instance, or needing postnatal care. Um,
1: if they would come into uh,
0: uh, South Bay.
1: That's not my call. That's, um, that's the courts. Oh, uh, I know and, that, and but is there programming
0: women? that exists for pregnant women absolutely. and young mothers? Oh, absolutely. And how would you absolutely. want to expand it or change it?
1: I think it's pretty darn good as it is. Okay. I mean, expand it. We're going to expand it now that we have more women there, and so if they're you know pregnant, then our services will be offered to them also. But look, I'm a big fan of our programming. Now, clearly, I'm biased. But we have good programming, and so we want to be able to offer that to as many people as we possibly can.
0: In your tenure, how has uh, the programming for young women
1: changed or improved at all? So when we arrived at the Suffolk County House of Correction back in 2002, and I say when we arrived, that was with my predecessor, uh, Sheriff Andrea Cabral. Women did not have recreation. Women did not have programming. Women didn't have a whole host of things that the men had and i think it was week 1 that andrea changed that i mean that's on its face asinineingly stupid that women would not have access to programming and the same uh, amount of recreation and other services that the guys have I mean, what's what's with that that's just crazy it's almost like the analogy although it's a weak one a guy and a lady do the same job i'm talking about outside of jail mm-hmm. but the guy gets paid more money really seriously I mean, to me, that's just stupid on its face. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So
0: as there's more women in the facility, do you see your needs changing? And how will you approach the legislature for more funds? And are you hoping that will happen to subsidize this?
1: We will (laughs) will absolutely be approaching the legislators for more money um, because we have a larger population um, that's going to need the services that we offer. But um, in the absence of the legislators giving us more money, this also gives us an opportunity to reach out to more external agencies to partner with them on granting opportunities. We've also begun a 501c3 that allows us to go after other pools of money that we couldn't go after just as a, uh, a criminal justice agency. Was
0: this recently?
1: Uh, it went online. We got all of our documentation, all of our paperwork, I think within the last year or two. Um we are now at that point now where we're doing so many things with our programming that we're about to seat a board and really get busy, you know, and so hopefully that will bring more money in also that will help. In other words, we have to be fiscally creative and innovative, you know, mm-hmm. and this is not a knock towards the state because, you know, there's a, they're multiplying me by, I guess, scores of people that are asking for more money from the state, so we get that, you know. Um, so we're going to have to just find ways to generate revenue.
0: And so in terms of where women were being held before this discussion of moving them to South Bay, MCI, Mm -hmm. Framingham, but the counties that you're partnering with do not actually have facilities for women. They were just funneling them to MCI. Correct. All right. And is there anyone else in the state that will accept women?
1: I know. Okay. So from Worcester Uh East, we're talking to the sheriffs down here from Worcester West Hamden County. I believe, is uh, taking women out in Springfield. Right. Yeah. And so um, we are also talking to Middlesex about having their ladies come our way. Uh, They haven't made a determination yet as to whether or not they will.
0: Are there needs, uh, I mean, are they strained on beds? Or what is your reasoning for having women from Middlesex or or other areas come to to South Bay?
1: Uh, They're not housing their women right now. Their women are going to Framingham. So okay. I I will I I, I don't know proximity? they can they they can they, no 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 they can uh, I believe uh, have women at their facility I believe they have the space in the beds I don't I, I actually honestly Sarah I don't know why they go to uh, Framingham but they do
0: and so there's this idea of you know there's so few places to house them mm-hmm. um, some families have to travel really far is have you heard from families from any offenders who are actually happy that they're going to be able to see their families or perhaps the women who are incarcerated are a little bit closer. Yes. Um, and what have those conversations been like? For they you?
1: haven't been with me, so you know, my superintendent has, would have to answer that. But my understanding is, hey, this is great. We don't have to travel as far to see our family or friends.
0: And um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Well, how about reentry services? Mm -hmm. Um, I know that your office in the city of Boston does work on reentry. How has that been going? And I guess... uh, How will it change moving forward as more women are added to this area?
1: So we do some work with uh, the city of Boston, but we actually do the lion's share of the work with, I believe it's called the Women's Place and Mm -hmm. other um, social service agencies, frankly. We have a program um, called CREW Program, which is community reentry for women. And that's actually been in place for quite some time. As a matter of fact, I believe Andrea may have started that program Yeah, my predecessor began that program back in 2002, 2003, 2004, and that's worked out really, really well. Um, we are, like I said, we're also working with the city of Boston. Their tentacles are longer than ours. You know, they have more heft than we do. And so that's working out pretty well. So as we get more ladies, hello, Marty, I'm going to be asking for more. As we get more ladies in, we will approach the city to say, hey, can you help us out?
0: And has that relationship been a strong relationship over the past five or six
1: years? Or I think we have an extraordinarily good relationship with the city of Boston. Um, it was pretty darn good with uh, Mayor Menino. Mm-hmm. It's been lights out with, uh, well, lights on, whatever, whatever the positive is. It's been very good with uh, Mayor Walsh's administration.
0: Well, we're running out of time. I um, just want to thank the sheriff for coming into the podcast and clarifying um, the decision-making about ending the relationship with ICE at South Bay and talking to us about women in corrections. And I look forward to talking with you in the future.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right, thank you.